Well, anybody know what we've been talking about on Friday nights? Hmm? Can you take some more healing tonight? Go, if you would, please, to Luke chapter 5. For some weeks now, we've been on the subject. Uh, the title is God's Will to Heal. God's Will to Heal. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I ran into a fellow, and he said uh, he was with me. Oh, this must have been 10, 15 years ago. In healing school, we were teaching on some of these things, and he had uh, cancer and uh, had been healed and been healed all these years. No problems. Glory to God. Well, I reckon we ought to keep teaching it then. Hmm? Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and your faith needs to be fed. Now, as a pastor in pastoring, our job is to lead and feed. Hmm? Lead by the direction of the Lord. Lead by example. And feed. And you can't just feed on one thing all the time. We need other things. But uh, we're camping for this on healing. As you notice, we've come back to it over our five years more than once. Faith and healing. Because you need it. Because the curse is in the earth. We have an enemy that's trying to kill us. Hmm? But he's the lesser one. He's the loser. But it takes faith. For us to get up every day. And if you've got symptoms. You've got issues. Then uh, you can get weary. You can get tired. Because faith is of the spirit. So your spirit needs to be fed, doesn't it? And you can't have too much word in you. You can't overdose on God's medicine. Just can't do it. The more, the better. So how much you want tonight? A little bit or a big dose? Luke 5, are you there? Luke 5. In Luke 5 and the 12th verse... It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, I'm reading the Amplified, there came a man full, covered with leprosy. So his case is, uh, I'm sure doctors would call him today terminal. It was in the last advanced stages of this disease. He's full of it. He's covered with it. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord If you are willing, you are able to cure me and make me clean. Lord, if you're willing, you're able. If it be your will. Now he's praying for his own personal healing. And he's praying with an if it be thy will. Are there any other folk pray that way even today? Lord, heal them. If it's your will. If it, I mean, there's a whole lot more people pray this way than the way we pray. We are the minority in this regard. But we're believing that other people are going to come join us. Hmm? 
Because it's not just our opinion or theory. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. Which has revealed His will. He said, Lord, I, I know you're able. I know you can do it. I know you can heal me of this advanced terminal condition. I know you can. You're able. If. If. It's your will. Millions of Christians, good people that love God, all different denominations and groups and countries and languages and nations all over the world are praying this way right now. Lord, please heal me. If it's your will. If it's your will. That is unscriptural praying. Unscriptural. Somebody said, well, Jesus prayed that way. He prayed, you know, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was not having a healing meeting in the garden. He wasn't praying about healing. And you never saw him pray that way over any sick person. You never saw any of the disciples or apostles in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or the Acts, or any instructions in the epistles to pray this way. Then why do millions pray that way? Because the traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect in their lives. And we're not throwing any stones. I used to pray that way. Did for years. But... Thank God, the word brings light and delivers us. Jesus answered the man's question. The very next verse, are you there? When the man said, Lord, if you're willing, you're able to cure me and make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing. That's the Amplified. I am willing. Is this the Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever? What if yesterday he said, I'm willing? What's he saying today? If he hadn't changed, he's still saying, I'm willing. What's he going to say tomorrow? If he doesn't change, he's saying, I'm willing. It is written, I will. Heaven and earth will pass away. A lot of people will come and go and write books and have opinions and theories and degrees. But this, red letters, <laughs> red letters towers above all the minds of men and their theories and their experiences or lack thereof. Red letters trump everything else. And the red letters said, I will. I will, the living Bible, Jesus said, of course I will be healed. Well, if a fellow believed the Bible and he believed Jesus is no respecter of persons and he believed he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, it ought to be settled right there. That's it. If he said, I will to him, he's saying, I will to me, or he's a respecter of persons. If he said, I will then, he's saying, I will now, or he's changed. And he didn't have to have this recorded. And for, you know, people that pray, well, Lord, you know, heal them if it be thy will. Where's their scripture? We have scripture showing it's his will. Where is their scripture saying it's not always his will? Can we have even one? Where the Lord looked at somebody and said, no, 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 you just need to pray if it's his will. They have no scripture for this. 
And in order for something to be scriptural, you need scriptures. So people make fun of us and find fault with us, but they're the ones that have no scripture in this area. And it's not enough just what you think, what I think, your opinion, my opinion, that really doesn't matter. We've been in the Bible, though, finding 30 reasons why we are sure it's God's will for you and me to be healed now. And we are on reason number what tonight? Anybody knows? I believe it's reason number 22. And if you haven't been with us, then you can get caught up. We saw reason number one, God's word is medicine. Number two, a strong spirit will sustain you. Number three, the original creation. Number four, God's will in heaven. No sick people there. Number five, the origin of sickness. Number six, sickness is a work of the devil. What does the Lord want to work of the devil in us? I don't think so. Number seven, we have a covenant of healing. Number eight, the eternal names of God. He's still Jehovah Shalom. He's still Jehovah Jireh. Why isn't he still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you? He is. He is. Sickness is a curse from which we've been redeemed. We saw healing in different types of the redemption. Through the Old Testament prophesying, pointing to Jesus. And then number 11, we saw healing in redemption itself. Did you know you're just as healed as you are forgiven? Based on the same work? Did you know that you're just as rich as you are healed? And if you have symptoms of being poor, don't let them move you. Any more than symptoms of being sick are symptoms of being unrighteous. Did you know your righteousness is not based on how you feel? That's a little weak, guys. You're not righteous based on how you feel. You're righteous based not you're not righteous based on what you have done or have not done. You're righteous based on what he has already done. And you're not healed based on how you feel. Or what you've done or haven't done. You're healed based on what he's already done. And you're not rich. According to how much money you got. Or don't have. Or who you know. He was made sin with our sin. So we could be made righteous. He became sick with our sickness. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. Same Bible says he became poor. For our sakes. So you could be made rich. Somebody said out loud, I'm righteous. I'm, righteous. I'm, healed, I'm healed. And I'm rich. I'm rich. In, Jesus. In Jesus. Now when that becomes more real to us than anything we see or feel, it'll start manifesting in this realm. But when what we see and feel, the money we don't have, the symptoms we do have, the sins and mistakes we have made is more real to us than the Bible, then we'll live in this realm. And we'll live in lack and problems. Say it one more time. Don't hesitate. Say it one more time real loud. I am righteous. I am am healed. healed. And I am rich. rich. In Jesus. In In Christ. Christ. Well, that's reality. That's not fairy tale. That's not imaginary. In Christ is real. It's reality. Man, I like saying that. You like saying that? I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. 
I'm righteous. I'm healed. And I'm rich. You know, after teaching along these lines and further about being rich, had a fellow meet me out in the parking lot by my car one night. Thought he was going to take a swing at me. He was so mad. Oh, he was mad. You know why? Because I kept using the word rich. Boy, every time I'd say it, it's like you slapped him. Oh, oh, that's bad. That's bad. No, no. Riches of the devil. Riches of the... The devil didn't invent rich. He wants it. He wants all the money in the world because in the world, money is control. He wants to control it. But God invented rich. You ever notice how he lives? God lives large. He lives big. Somebody got a little gold trinket on them, a little diamond, a little stone. I've heard Christians just scoffing. Ah, ah, that's a waste. Jesus wears a big gold band on his chest. Makes his gates out of pearl. Streets out of gold. I reckon he likes it. Huh? Well, you are your father's son or daughter. You best get over it. Huh? If God was really the way even some theologians portray him to be, everything he made would be three shades. Light gray, medium gray, and dark gray. But he's not. Oh, you can look at his creation. It's full of color. It's full of richness. It's full of brilliance. He made gold. He made diamonds. He made them. Why? Because he likes them. That's who he is. So you best, you know, believe for some and not be bothered by somebody that has some so you're not shocked when you get to heaven. Get past it. Why do you say that? Because there is this spirit of poverty. There is this stingy, devilish mentality, and people pass it off for godliness. They try to act like, well, they're that. We're just being good stewards. Their mouths so tight they can hardly say it. Just being good stewards. You're just being visionless and faithless. God is big. He's rich. He's good. Isn't he? He wants you healed. And has already bought and paid for our healing. Just like he bought and paid for the cleansing of our spirit. Just like he bought and paid for our prosperity. Right? Jesus did not just go to the cross in body. He went to the cross spirit, soul, and body. And he offered his spirit for our spirit, his soul and mind for our soul and mind, his body for our body. How many believe it is a complete redemption? When he said it is finished, nothing remained to be paid. Come on, are you listening now? He took care of our spiritual needs. And our mental and emotional and soulical, our physical needs, our financial needs. But 
the world and the church has been taught a watered down, weak version of Christianity. That he took care of your spiritual needs. He saved your eternal soul. But that's about it. You'll just have to bump through the best you can. And it'd probably be his will for you to be broken poor. And it'd probably be his will for you to experience a lot of failure and difficulty. Because he's teaching you and training you. No, listen, listen. Jesus gave us a complete redemption. Say it again, I'm righteous. I am righteous. Now. I'm healed. Now. I'm rich. Now. In Christ Jesus. Price has already been paid. Can you say amen? So it's in redemption. Number 11. Number 12, first fruits. Number 13, fatherhood of God. Number 14, healing is the children's bread. Number 15, the mercy of God. You know, that's when you get what you didn't deserve. The good stuff. You didn't get the bad stuff you did reserve, deserve, and you did get the good stuff you didn't reserve. Yeah. Don't make me say it again. The mercy of God. 16, we've been given authority over demons and disease. Well, then they ought not be ruling over us. The ministry of Jesus reveals the unchanging will of God for all men for all time. Number 17. Number 18, the laying on of hands. Number 19, the good shepherd. Number 20, healing in the acts. It didn't pass away. It's still going on. And number 21, signs and wonders. Gifts of healings we talked about. Number 22 tonight, are you ready? Go to James, the fifth chapter. James chapter 5. You know, these times we have together are precious. You know, we come and we meet and we come and we meet and we kind of have the idea we'll do this forever, but no. You don't know where you'll be and I don't know where I'll be even next week. The Lord might have a different assignment for you or, or for me and all of us, our lives are just vapors. We're here, we're gone. But I believe that everything that happens in the area of God's word in our life is forever. That what we're getting from the word right now in this life will carry over into the next. And that we will build upon it. Because his word is eternal. Isn't it? This word is not going to become obsolete when this world passes away. This word continues on. So every bit of revelation and everything you learn and grow in the Word is going to stay with you into the next life. And you're just going to build upon it. Now so many other things we do in life, not so. They're going to be gone. But this is forever. James 5 and 16. What does it say? Confess your faults one to another. And what? Pray one for another. What? For what? That you may be healed. Now hold it. Whoa, whoa. What if it wasn't his will? Huh? What if it's, it might not be his will for that person to be healed? And here you are praying away that they would be. Because you thought you read it in the Bible. 
We are sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today because Scripture prayers for healing. Or we could just say prayers for healing. But we're going to the Bible on it. Somebody say prayers for healing. Is it scriptural to pray for people to be healed? Yes, Yes, it is. Now, we need to qualify it. And if you'll help me and believe with me, we'll get to some very interesting things here tonight. Uh, This covers more than one area. And you can pray wrong or you can pray right. You can pray wrong and not get results. It's not just praying that gets the job done. God has already gotten the job done. Hasn't he? And he's the one that manifests redemption's work. But prayer is a part too. We have a part to play in it. Our communion with him. And and we have a legal right as we live on the earth. And when we ask him to do things in faith, it gives him entrance into this uh, world on our behalf. Didn't the Bible say you have not? Hmm? Because you ask not. And then we also see that he's talked about what even in asking for wisdom, he said, but ask in faith. Don't waver, but ask in faith. So that we're getting into some of that. Prayers for healing is reason number 22 why we're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today. He said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Now I want you to hold your place there and go to the Psalms. Hold your place in James. Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Everybody happy tonight? Yes. Got to victory? Yes. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Yes. They're working on your mansion tonight? Yes. Huh? Do you know there's construction going on in heaven? Yes. Preparation? The Lord said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. <laughs> so what do you know? It's so. It's so. They're working on your place. Wonder what they're doing. Wonder what they're working on. I know, uh, read an account of a fellow one time that uh, he fell off a balcony and hit his, I guess he hit his head on the sidewalk down below and uh, they picked him up dead. And uh, they took him in and trying to revive him, but he was dead for X amount of time. They finally got him back. And he is a believer, and he had gone to heaven in that amount of time that he was dead and came back. And uh, he said, among other things, that when the Lord showed him his place, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, he said he had real estate. You know, and these are my words. You know, we think about heaven. You got the mansions with the white columns in the front and they're side by side down the street. Well, who said all that? You know, that's just somebody's idea. But he said that he had, you know, as he began to look, there was grounds and terrain and bodies of water. And uh, maybe it was him that said a mountain slope. I mean, and as he began to look, everything he liked, just exactly like what he liked. And he had it all. Had it all. You know, in the earth, I guess you got to go to the mountains to to find good skin. And you got to go to the south to find the beach. But in heaven, I guess you could have them right beside each other. (laughs) Glory to God. Walk out your door and go. Go left for skin. Go right for the beach. (laughs) 
This is not just make-believe. And he said, uh, as he is looking at this, he's overviewing like a valley. And all this is his. And he said, the Lord, while he's thinking, of course, the Lord knows our thoughts. He said, the Lord said to him, he says, uh, I know what each of my children like. And I custom build their abodes for them. Glory to God. I looked up that word after reading it in there because he mentioned it. And sure enough, when it says, I go to prepare a place for you, if you look up the root word, it has to do with uh, manor. The English word manor means a landed estate. And I'm sure that they're different. It would depend on what you like. This is not too good to be true. This is God. So they're working on your place. Tonight, wonder what they're working on. Well, you don't want to miss it, whatever it is. I know that. And if you hadn't, you know, given your life to Jesus, well, you don't want to wait one more minute. You want to come on in so you don't miss that for yourself. In Psalm 103, verse 1, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, all his benefits, plural, plural. You know, God is big on plural. He's the father of mercies, plural. When he blesses, when he blessed Abraham, he blessed him with lands of. Herds, uh, flocks, uh. What, what am I talking about? Not, not just a flock. Flocks. That's why we talk about houses, buildings, uh, lands. Uh. Hmm? Somebody say benefits. Plural. To hear a lot of folk teach and preach, there's just mostly one benefit. To being saved, being a Christian. And that is, you don't go to hell. You go to heaven when you die. And thank God, that's a biggie. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. But not just benefit, but what? Benefits. And you don't just have to wonder what he's talking about. Very next verse. Very next verse says what? Benefit numero uno. He forgiveth. All your iniquities. Number two, big benefit. Huh? Who healeth all your diseases. Number three benefit, redeems your life from destruction. I don't care how many times the devil tries to set you up with wrecks and problems and attacks and assaults. God just keeps redeeming us. Just keep saving us, sparing us. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's blessings. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Sin will age you before your time. Have you seen it? Oh, ho. Hard living, 
hard partying, hard drinking, cussing and wrangling and fighting will age you prematurely. It'll take years off of your life. That's not a theory. That's a fact. And it has to do with stress. We were not designed to handle stress. Our emotions were not. Our minds were not. Our bodies were not designed to handle stress. God didn't make us that way. And we said, what? No. So we said, what do I do with it? You're supposed to give it all to Him. You're supposed to cast all your care over on Him. Is that right? You're to be careful, full of care for not even one thing. Why? You and I are not designed to carry care. It has a destructive, damaging, aging, destructive effect on us. And that's why you see so many people that look so hollow-eyed and so worn and so weary. It's not because they have more problems in their life than anybody else. Did you hear me? It's not because their life is harder than everybody else's. It's because they're carrying the cares. Instead of casting them over on him. Did you know that faith simply does not worry? Period. The more I find out about faith, the more I see it. Faith doesn't worry about family. Come on, i got two amens and one nod. Faith doesn't worry about money. It doesn't. Well, I do. I said faith. Faith doesn't worry about if people like me or if they don't or if they're against me or for me or what people might say or if everybody knows I'm the one that did it. Faith doesn't Worry. Say that out loud. Faith doesn't worry. Are you and I commanded to live and walk by faith? The just to live by faith, walk by faith. And you will know that you are. This is one big indicator of it. I said it's, you know, oftentimes in Romans 15, he talks about the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And here are two good gauges of how you're doing in your faith life. Joy and peace. If you're worried and scared, you're not going to have joy and peace. Right? I say it sometimes, you know, as an example, as you uh, drive down life's road in your faith mobile. The two gauges you better keep an eye on. Your joy gauge and your peace gauge. How many know in your car there's a gauge or two you better watch? One of them's that gas gauge. Huh? Because if that gas gauge, that hand gets down there around E... And it keeps floating around and gets below the E. You cannot just keep going. How many have found that out? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) You cannot just keep going. (laughs) What will happen? Somebody tell what happened. You keep running and that thing's on E. What's going to happen? Sputter, sputter. Spop, pop. And you're going to sputter to a stop on the roadside. And it may not be a place where you need to stop. Huh? And it could be not a good time. It could be in the rain. It could be in the cold. You know? 
And if you run out of joy, and you run out of peace, and you are joyless, and peaceless because you're full of worry, and you're full of care, and you're scared, full of fear, your faith mobile is going to sputter to a stop and leave you on the roadside of despair. Oh, but when you keep yourself full of the Word, and even though thoughts and fears and feelings come, and they can come a lot, and they can come frequently, if you just keep throwing them off, just keep throwing, no, no, I'm not taking that. No, I'm not going to sit here and think about that. No, I'm not going to be afraid of that. No, 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 I'm going to cast that over on the Lord. You can keep your peace in the midst of the worst situations. You can keep your joy in the midst of the worst situations. But there are things you must not let yourself think about. It'll come. And you'll have to catch it and go, no, 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 I'm not thinking about that. And you have to cast it down. Throw it off. Elsewise, it'll rob you. You'll sit there and get to thinking about it. Next thing you know, your joy is gone. Next thing you know, your peace is gone. You're getting scared. You're getting upset. Why? Because you are thinking on the wrong thing and it was your choice to think on it. You could have cast it down and you could have thought on something else. You could have thought on something God told you about it. What in the world am I going to do about all my bills? You could have thought about, but my God shall supply all my needs. Could have been thinking about that instead. Yeah, but they gave me a bad report and I got these symptoms and it's worse now than it was. Yeah, but you could be thinking about with long life, he will satisfy me. Could be thinking about something else. What if I die? Well, the Lord tears is coming. We all going to die. The Lord tears is coming just a little while. None of us making it out of this alive. So what? So what? What is death? What is death? For the Christian, it is not defeat. It is not the end. You just step out of your body. And you look at it and you go, Phew, that's over. And for the first time in your existence, you're going to know what it's like to not have one ache or one pain or the least bit of weariness or tiredness. Not the, you're going to go, whoo, I feel good. <laughs> so why should we worry about dying? Why should we? We should not worry. We should rejoice and not forget all of his benefits. Now the reason I said that, hold that place. Look at that text again in James 5. Y'all got time for this? Good. I assumed you did when you came in here and sat down. I assumed you weren't just playing around. but you, Because around here we... We believe in full gospel. I mean, full load, right? <laughs> we don't want to send you out with a little sermonette. We don't want you to have a et anything. We want the, the full deal. I know I was in this church as a different group. I was a guest speaker and I had spoken and one of the elders got up afterwards. He said, well, the brother has brought the word. And he looked at him, he said, eat the whole roll. Eat the whole roll. Well, let's eat the whole roll. 
Whether you understand it or not, it'll bless you. James 5, the, uh, verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Now we see what's going to happen when you confess and you repent. Would there be some forgiveness there and then healing there? Somebody say forgiveness, forgiveness. and healing. Now, we just got through reading in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. And what are the first two benefits he mentioned? He forgives all your iniquities. And then what else? He heals all your diseases. We've not combined these like we should. People in their minds, they have forgiveness of sin in one category and healing in another. And they should not be separated. They're part of the same redemption. And they go together. And as Christians, we're supposed to be healthy. Normal for us is righteous and healed and rich. That's normal for us. As victorious children of God. And if we're not living in that righteousness, something's wrong and it's not God's fault. If we're not living in that healing or in that richness and prosperity, something's not right and it's not God's fault and it's not God's will. So many times we need to make adjustments. You must say, well, are you saying I've sinned, Brother Keith? Well, that's a big word. Are you saying you never have? What is sin? Well, sin is the transgression of the law. Sin can be, you know, to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it. The Bible said that's sin. Sin can be what you didn't do. And whatever is not of faith. Romans 14, 23, whatever is not of faith is sin. Sin covers a lot of ground. It can be what you did. It can be what you didn't do. It basically has to do with your heart and doing what you know in your heart. But whether it's ignorance or whether we missed it or whether it's something we didn't know, aren't you glad we can get it straight? If we did know it, we can confess it and get forgiven and we had a problem in our life, we can get healed too. It all flows together. How many remember that more than one time when people came to Jesus to be healed? He linked the two together. He began to talk to the man about being healed. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And they said, how can he say that? And he said, well, which is easier? Which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, get up, rise up, take your bed and go. And he did, he was healed. His healing proved he's forgiven. Which is easier? Somebody say, which is easier? easier? Well, which is easier? Get your sins forgiven or to get healed? (laughs) What do a lot of folk almost say? Sins forgiven. They're the same. They're received exactly the same way and they're part of the same redemption. Why then do we think it's easier to get a sin forgiven? Because we've heard that. And our parents heard that. 
And our grandparents heard that. For generations we've heard it's God's will for all to be saved. It's always God's will to forgive you. We've heard it and we've heard it and our faith is there. But with many people, this is the first generation in several that they even heard that it was God's will for them to be healed. So we've got centuries and generations of unbelief to overcome and serious mind renewal needs to take place. But can you see that we can get to the place and these children, oh glory to God, these children of ours that are spouting scriptures all the time. Say, I'm a doer of the word. (laughs) Them and the Lord Terry, his coming, their children, they can be so solid in this that to them, praying for a healing is just like taking somebody to the altar and confessing Jesus. And results just the same. Why? It's not that it's so hard for somebody to be healed or that it's hard for God. It's that faith has been so low and so weak in these areas. In the area of healing, in the area of prosperity, it is just being restored to many parts of the body across the earth. How many know there are millions of people that are Christians that still don't believe this? They don't believe it's God's will for them to be healed. They don't believe it's God's will for them to be prosperous. Faith is not just weak. It's not there in that area. For them, no faith for this. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And that's why we've got to keep talking about it. And we've got to keep feeding on it. And we've got to keep telling each other. Huh? And encouraging each other. Say it one more time. I'm righteous. I'm healed. And I'm rich. In Christ Jesus. These are redemptive realities. Now he said, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Back up to verse 14. 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And what? The what? Prayer. The prayer, not just praying, but the prayer of faith. Shall save the sick. Yeah, but what if it's not his will? What if it's not his will? He told us to pray one for another that we might be healed. Well, if it's not always his will, how do we know who to pray for? And when and how? If it's not always his will, we're going to need an individual, personal revelation before we pray for anybody. We don't need a personal revelation before we lead somebody to the Lord to be born again. Because we know it's his will for everybody to be born again. And we don't need a personal revelation for every person before we pray for their healing. Because it's the same Bible. It's the same redemption. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my disease. Same verse. Same verse. And right here the same thing. Prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Shall be raised up. Shall be forgiven. Let's not be like so many that are only preaching one benefit. Forgiveness of sin. Thank God for that benefit. And that's number one. 
But that's not all the benefits that we have. Forget not all his benefits. In other words, remember all of them. Remember all his benefits. He daily loadeth us with benefits. The psalmist said. Somebody say, I'm loaded. I'm loaded. With what? Benefit. Benefits. Thank God for the benefit of being forgiven. But that's just one. There are more than one. And number two, right behind number one. He forgives all my iniquities. All of them. He heals all my diseases. All of them. All of them. He redeems my life from destruction. He fills my mouth with good things. Fills my life with good things. So that my youth is renewed. I get recharged. Even though my outward man is growing older. My inward man is being recharged. Being renewed. Hallelujah. So instead of being aged prematurely. By the life of sin and worry and fear. The aging process should be muted with us. Oh yeah, we're aging. But it should be affected. I mean, it's only fair if living hard and wrong is going to age you prematurely. Then there ought to be a benefit to living right. Huh? That you age more slowly. And better. You look better while you're doing it. Do you know, it's not just the skin and the hair and the features that give beauty. It's the glory on the inside. It's the glory on the other side of the face. The spirit of a man or a woman that radiates through their physical being. Hmm? And the glory of God strong enough in a man or woman can fix things in their body and renew them. And rejuvenate them. Hallelujah. So that their youth. Is renewed. My father in the faith. When he hit his 60's. 65 and long in there. Somebody asked him. They said well you going to retire. And if you all ever heard him and saw him. You probably know what I'm going to say next. He'd hold on to the podium. And he'd kick and say. I retire. I'm going to refire. I go. Retire, I'm going to refire. Well, we got scripture for that. Our youth can be renewed. And if you say, well, boy, the last 10 years has been, phew, I kind of slowed down. I've gotten weaker. I just, you know, and, and you kind of dread in the next 10. No, 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 don't think like that. You can be renewed. You can be renewed so the next 10 is actually better than the last 10. That's right. Oh yeah, you're aging. But you can get renewed. Renewed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say, that's me. I'm getting renewed. He's renewing my youth. He's renewing my strength. Thank God. For this benefit. See, that's one of the, just like forgiveness of sin is a benefit that belongs to you in Christ, your youth getting renewed is a benefit. 
Your life being filled with good stuff is a benefit. Being healed is a benefit. I'm claiming all my benefits. How about you? Claiming all my benefits. All my benefits. Say it again. I'm righteous. I'm healed. I'm rich. I'm being renewed. Glory. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes you, you've already heard some of these things and your head hears it. And your head maybe have heard it three or four times tonight. But your spirit needs to hear it again. It has a pounding effect on your spirit. Pushing death out. Pushing unbelief and fear out of you. That's why we just keep on keeping on. Do you see a connection between forgiveness and healing? Do both benefits belong to us? Go with me, if you would, to uh, the book of Numbers. The Lord has given us scripture-inspired, anointed prayers concerning healing. And I want to remind you of some of them. You're in Numbers 12, but I'm going to give you some others, and then we'll read that. Genesis 20, don't turn there, but just listen. In Genesis 20, Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservant. These were people who believed all kind of stuff, and, and Abraham prayed for them, and God healed them. I guess he didn't never crossed his mind maybe that it might not be God's will to heal him. He just prayed and God healed him. Numbers 12. Moses' sister and brother have messed up. Oh boy. And they got in trouble. And the protection come off of Miriam. And leprosy got on her. And it was like a death sentence. It was just, you know, she was supposed to be separated from the congregation. And living outside of town. And it was a death sentence. And notice how Moses prayed. Numbers 12. And 13. Numbers 12 and 13. He prayed for her. Moses cried unto the Lord. Saying. Healer. If it be thy will. Now if it's right to pray that way. We should find some scriptures that say that. Shouldn't we? At least one or two. And if somebody says they don't agree with you, then get them to give you 30 biblical reasons why they are sure it's not always God's will to heal. And watch them struggle. (laughs) Because how can you prove something from the Bible that's not in the Bible and not the will of God? Can't. But he didn't say, healer now, if it be thy will. Oh God. What did he say? Very short. To the point. Heal her now, oh God, I beseech you. Whoa, whoa, Moses. Whoa. <laughs> healer now? God, I beseech you. What if it's not his will? Apparently Moses wasn't thinking that way. Would it be all right for you to pray the Bible? Yes. Hmm? Yes. Why would somebody object to you praying the Bible? 
Some say, oh, you're supposed to have an if it be thy will. Well, you'd be adding to the scripture. You'd be adding to the Bible to put an if it be thy will in there. And you know, there's some things said in Revelation about people that add to the scriptures and take away from the scriptures. Well, you're supposed to put an if it be thy will in everything. Said who? No. Read it as it is written. Stay with it. Don't change it. Heal her now. And sure enough, God heard the prayer and she did not live that kind of life and she did not die from that. She was healed. She was restored back to her family. God is merciful. Now notice, she got in trouble because she missed it. Hmm? Did she, she not only need to be healed, she need to be forgiven. And again and again, that's the case with us. Hmm? Now, people don't like to talk about this because they like to say, well, what, what are you saying? You're trying to say I've sinned? Well, you're trying to say you haven't? <laughs> you have missed it. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. We've missed it. Well, missing it opens the door to the enemy. And allows things that we shouldn't have to deal with. And none of us should throw a stone at anybody else. Hmm? Because we've all missed it. And we've all had things to deal with that we shouldn't have had to deal with. We've all opened the door through ignorance, through rebellion, through stubbornness, through not listening. The list goes on. That's why I thank God. Forgiveness and healing. Same verses. You can be forgiven. You can be healed. It can be made right. He said, heal her now. Go, go over to the book of Psalms. Notice this. The book of Psalms, Psalms 38, would it be okay to pray the Bible? As you notice, there is no if it be thy will in that prayer. Psalm 38, this man is sick, it's very obvious, in verse, uh, this is Psalm 38 and verse 6 thereabouts. He says, I am troubled. Well, back up in verse 5. Well, yeah. 3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger. There's no rest in my bones because of my sin. Can sin get you in trouble physically? Yes, it can. Is it always uh, because of known violations that somebody is sick and in trouble? No, it's not. How many remember the man that was blind and they said, who is, uh, why is this man this way? Because of his sin or his parents? Jesus said, neither one. And yet sometimes people have opened the door through their ignorance. They're not violating light that they have, but still they have opened the door. Or don't know it's God's will and not knowing to stand against it. There's any number of things that are involved. He said, my wounds stink. And are corrupt because of my foolishness. How many know you can be foolish and cause yourself problems and get in trouble? I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. My loins are filled with a loathsome disease. There is no soundness in my flesh. Is he in trouble? Verse 10, he's fading. My heart pants. My strength fails me. The light of my eyes, it's gone from me. I mean, he's leaving here. He's losing this. And skip down to verse uh, 21. 
Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. The English version says, help me now, O Lord, my Savior. The New English says, hurry and help me. (laughs) That's what haste means. You look at other translations, it brings it out. We saw Moses say, heal her now, and here he says, hurry up. Well, now, whoa, whoa, guys. Whoa. Let's see, what if you and I prayed that way? Heal them now, God. Hurry up. People would go, how dare you talk like you better calm down and say, if it be thy will. Yeah, and you better show us where that's at in the Bible. In connection with healing, because it's not there. We're looking at scriptures. This is the Bible. The other is people's tradition. They think it's God. They think it's the Bible, and it's not. It's just their thinking. Yeah, but that's how Granny believed, and that's good enough for Granny. Well, how did it help Granny? Did it work for Granny? Did it work? No, maybe she might have loved God, but did that particular thing, just because Granny believed it, don't make it so? Well, that's what my preacher, that's what our group, that's what our denomination still does not make it so. You and I, all of us ought to be willing to be changed and corrected by the Word. Even if we have believed something for a long time. All of us just know in part. And when we see light from the Word, we ought to be willing immediately to go, that's right, the Word's right. I don't care how long we've been believing this way. That's right. The word and conform to it and yield to it. And that's when things begin to change and we begin to get miracles that we didn't get before. If we want to get results that we haven't had before, we've got to do something that we haven't done before. Keep doing the same old thing. You're going to keep getting the same old thing. Got to be changes. What did he say? Hurry up. Hurry up. Psalm 39, 13. Just the, the, the next page over. 39, 13. Oh, spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. There's no if it be thy wills in any of these prayers. Psalm 41. 41, verse 4. Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul. Raise me up. Verse 10 says. In the New Testament, we see the same kind of thing. You don't have to turn there, but Acts 4.30, we talked about it last week. They said they prayed in unison, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Are these people praying about healing? Did any of them use an if it be thy will? What if it's not his will? They're not even taking that into consideration. They're just praying, heal, heal, heal now. Hurry up. (laughs) They're praying like they know it's his will. They're praying with confidence like they're sure it's always His will. Because it is. I said, because it is. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to uh, Jeremiah, the 17th chapter. Now, I mentioned this and I want to clarify this. You have to watch. There's a difference between Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament, people are looking forward to the coming of the Messiah and him paying the price. New Testament, he has already come. Right? He has already done the work. And you have to watch about getting into this, heal me God, heal me God, heal me God. 
He already has. I said he already has. And it's, it's, it's right to pray concerning healing. But it needs to be, as we read in James 5, it needs to be the prayer of faith. Not a prayer of begging. Elsewise, you get into praying like you don't know his will. Now, he said, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Shall. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Notice this in Jeremiah 17. This is a wonderful verse of scripture. Because it brings back what we've seen repeatedly. This connection. This this unison. Jeremiah 17. Are you there? Some people are not. Including me. Jeremiah 17 and uh, 13. 17, 13. Actually, we looked in this uh, at some other areas. Back in verse 5, he said, Cursed is the man that trusts in man. Verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Verse 8, He'll be like a tree planted by the waters. Spreads out her roots by the river, shall not see when the heat comes, leaf shall not shall be green, shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Skip down to verse uh, 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake you shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. And he is. Look at the very next verse. The fountain of living waters. wonder how many have preached an evangelistic message based on that. The fountain of living waters. But what's the very next two words? I believe it was Brother T.L. Osborne, and I've heard others make the same kind of remarks. They talked about when they would go out to other countries where people... Uh, if they had heard some uh, some kind of preaching, some people, missionaries, had been there maybe in decades past, and some of them have taught them error about Paul's thorn in the flesh and about Job's boils and different things that they didn't understand themselves, that they could get people saved, but healing was very much like in the States. It was a challenge. But... There were times they'd go to places where the people had never heard anything. They had never heard one thing about Jesus. About forgiveness or healing or miracles. Nothing. And when they preached to them that Jesus saved and would forgive them. They preached that he'd heal them in the same breath. Come down to the front. Jesus will forgive you. Jesus will heal you. They preached it in the same breath. Same breath. We ought to preach it in the same breath. It's in the same verse. He forgives all your iniquities. Not even the next verse. Same verse. He heals all your diseases. And he said when we could do that. And these people had never heard anything. They didn't know any better than to just get healed when they got saved. They just come on down to the front and gets born again and healed. Boop, boop, just like popcorn. Because 
because they didn't know nobody had got there to confuse them. And tell them that it might not be his will and that it's not always his will. And sometimes it's this and sometimes it's that. And sometimes he says, wait a while. And they'd never heard all of that. This is the first time they've heard anything. And so when they believed that Jesus would save them, they just believed he'd heal them too. And just believed it. And it happened. See, friends, it's not that it's not God's will. It's that the waters have been so muddied. And people have been so confused and believe so much stuff. Until faith is not there. So the people believe in God. People are wondering and arguing and debating. And does it mean this? Does it mean that? Well you're not going to be healed like that. Got to get it settled once and for all. Say it out loud. I'm righteous. I'm healed. I'm rich. In Christ Jesus. Every one of those just as true as the other. He said, heal me, O Lord. Are you looking at this verse with me? Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Jesus said, which one's easier? Why should we pray differently for a healing than for somebody to be forgiven? Why should we think differently? Why should we approach it differently? Heal me and I'm healed. Why? Just like save me and I'm saved. Is this stirring your spirit at all? Heal me and I'm healed. Save me and I'm saved. Well, did he save us? He did. Did he heal us? Are people that are lost, are they waiting on God to save them? No, they are not. He's already paid the price for all their sins. Already been done. Just like he's already taken our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and carried all our pains. He's already done that. But it's up to us to receive. I said it's up to us to receive. Now, when he's saying in the New Testament. Notice he mentions two things. Go back there and we'll close with this, I think. We'll finish where we started. James 5. He's talking about two kinds of praying, at least. James 5, 14 and 15, what does that say? Verse 15, the what? Not just prayer, the prayer of faith. What is a prayer of faith? Well, Jesus defines it over in Mark eleven twenty four. What things have you desire? When you what? Huh? When you, and this is the faith chapter. This is the prayer of faith. When you pray, do what? It's not begging God. When you pray, do what? Believe. Believe. Put up Mark eleven twenty four if you would. When you pray in the prayer of faith, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's the prayer of faith. If you're just begging God, oh, please heal me. Please heal me. Please heal me. When are you believing you receive? You're not. When are you going to believe you got it? Well, when I see it. Will it be too late to believe it then? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you can see it, you can't be in faith about it. Now you're seeing it. When people say, well, seeing is believing, nothing could be further from the truth. Seeing is not believing. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. It'd be too late to believe it. 
Now, if you don't understand that, don't throw it away. Believing is when you don't see it and you don't feel it. And it's what gives us such total freedom in our spirit. You can believe anything you choose to believe. Because you don't have to see it or hear it or feel it. You can just choose to believe it. It's not based on what you see and feel or, or think or reason. What things serve you desire? Prayer of faith. When you pray, do what? So if they're praying the prayer of faith over the sick person, how would they pray it? Lord, we believe that we receive our healing. That's the prayer of faith. And we know that. Do we have to put an if it be thy will in there? None of these guys did. Why should we? And then skip on down to verse 16 though now. This involves another area of prayer. What did he say? Verse 16. So this deals with people missing it. Making mistakes. Confess your faults one another and do what? Pray one for another. Now he didn't just say the prayer of faith. He just said pray. And this taps in to... Of the prayer of supplication. This goes into the areas of praying, uh, interceding and supplicating and praying in tongues. Why? Because there are times when we need to see some things. Why is this this way? What needs to happen? We know healing belongs to us. We know it's been bought and paid for. They made their confessions and they're no better. Well, here he said, how many notice this comes after that, doesn't it? How many saw this? Well, are you looking? James 5, 14 and 15, there's a flow here. Call for the elders. They pray the prayer of faith over you. How many know this should be it? Prayer of faith, the Lord will raise him up. If he committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. That should be it. Well, what if it's not? Hmm? What if it's not? What if weeks later, months later, you know, we're not getting better, we're getting worse? What now? Well, call for the elders again. Get some more oil. Let's get some better elders. (laughs) Get some better oil. Now, this is where whole denominations developed their doctrine of it's not always his will. Hmm? We did it. We anointed with oil. We prayed. We did it. And it didn't work. What didn't work? Well, it's not always God's will. Why would you come to that conclusion? Because it's easy. I said because it's easy. It's easy. Well, why don't we come to the same conclusion when people die without Jesus? We prayed for them, but if they ever confessed Jesus, I didn't know it. I guess they were lost. That proves it's not always God's will to save people. No, it does not. We do not find the will of God from what people experienced or didn't experience. It's in the book. We only find it in the book. 
So this comes to another kind of praying. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. There are times, you know, there are times when uh, Phyllis and I, we, you know, did what we normally do and didn't get the results like we normally did. Well, it's not time to start second guessing God or questioning Him or deciding it might not be His will. If there's any adjustments need to be made on this, it's not with God. It's not with the Bible. It's going to be with us. So what do we need to start doing? Confessing our faults and praying for each other. And saying, Lord, what's up? What needs to happen? And when you see the light, you'll go, oh, yeah. I should have known that. He told me that and I didn't listen. How many have seen that again and again? That's what's going on. And by the mercy of God, both are available to us. The forgiveness and the healing, no matter why, no matter how, no matter how long. Come on, somebody tell me, is it always God's will to forgive? Come on, always? Always. For everybody? Everybody. Is it always God's will to heal? Always? Always. For everybody? everybody. Same Bible. Same verses. Same redemptions. Pray the same way. Believe the same way. Receive the same way. It is the same. That's what Jesus was saying. Which one's easier? Say your sins are forgiven or say you're healed. Which one's easier? Well, there's no difference. Because they're based on the same mercy and grace of God. And same redemption. And they are both benefits. That belong to the believer. Stand on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.